Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You know the you know what that sound means? It means it's time for straight talk. It's funny that we always have the, the sound of a phone that is actually the, introducing this segment because we so rarely actually get people on the phone asking questions. Sure. But this is your opportunity to do that. You can actually call and ask any type of question that you want to ask a priest about anything under the sun. And you can do that by calling 877 795 0122 that's 877-795-0122, or visit our Facebook page. You could even call and uh, just submit your question and not be on the air, or if you're brave enough, you can go on the air. But again, through our Facebook page or the phone number, 877-795-0122. You know, Cindy, this is actually my favorite. It's always my favorite segment. It's my favorite, too. But it's also kind of frustrating because it's like we have to kill time if people aren't calling. I love the I love the questions that come in. The questions I've never heard a bad question yet. Well, wait, maybe that one time, but for the most part, <laughs> yeah, it was yours. <laughs> Just kidding. But so this is your opportunity. It's, there's so much craziness going on in the world, and I love talking about the craziness because I'd like to think that I call a spade a spade, and we need to call a spade a spade. And so it can be anything that's going on culturally, politically, to do with our faith, what's going on in the church. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Everybody has a right to my opinion. That's what I got a coffee mug that says that on my desk. <laughs> Everyone has a right to my opinion. But I like to say that I'm not giving opinion. I mean, I'll tell you if it's my opinion, but I give church teaching. I'm always consistently in as far as giving the church's teaching because you deserve more than my opinion. You can get that church teaching on any subject that you want. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two or via our Facebook page. I think we always find a way to have something to talk about. We do. <laughs> we do, even when people we are not um, uh, calling in or submitting questions. So do you, have any, what's, do you have any questions, Cindy? For you? You should, you know what you should do? Because you know we always have downtime like this. So you should come up with questions from I friends. Know, Talk to I friends should. of yours, the mom's group or well, something. I, you know, today I'm going to say, if you guys are listening, call. <clears throat> Let me know that you're actually listening. Who, the I moms group? I haven't really heard from anybody today, but usually I'll get a text. I'm going to be listening to you. So, oh, really? Really. Like, let's let's see who's all listening. If, so if, if you're out there, anybody who knows me, I just want to know that you're listening. Well, I don't so want to. So give us a well, question. I they should yeah, be able to come up with a question. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it, but it's not, don't like a silly question. Like, you know, what was the 14th Pope's dog's name or anything like that? You know, it's just like. Questions that actually have questions that actually have meaning, you know. Yeah. So, uh, are you what are you what are you <clears throat> implying about my friends? <laughs> well, I know the moms group. <laughs> so, 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 so the number again is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two or via our Facebook page again. <laughs> Do you have a question for me? Uh, are you answering the questions? <laughs> I can I can ask no, you a question. No, because you will give me one. I've been in front of the whole parish. You've called me out. That's right. I made the mistake of saying it was on my bucket list to be on your homily. And to I, be in the homily. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't the way I wanted. I actually got a t-shirt for Christmas from my goddaughter. And the t-shirt says, uh, be careful or you might end up in my homily. So it actually <laughs> says it on my t-shirt. So I want to be in it in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We do have a uh, we do have a question that's being in the in the getting baked right now, but we have to wait for that to get baked fully baked. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Lots of crazy going on in the world. I am totally totally in favor of hearing any type of uh, crazy things that you're seeing out in the world and get a Catholic response to that. 
I like that. You got to be nice, though. Be oh, nice. yeah. The, the question. Always be nice. The question that's coming in is something that uh, um, from somebody I know. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is the number. Don't be a chicken. Make the call. You know, with you, you're kind of the only person in my life. Like the more mean to me you are, the more I know you like me. Is that what? You, is that how you take it? <laughs> so you think that the more that? mean I am to you, is the more I like you? The more you give me stuff, you know, okay. like crap. Okay, you're not supposed to say words like that on the I on Catholic radio. Crap. Crud. Don't say crud. crud. Oh, I can't. This say is that. a family Catholic family <laughs> show, Cindy. Okay, okay. So we do have Sandy on the air. She it says will be on the air. Sandy, are you there? Oh, okay. Oh. We're getting we're, we're getting green. we're, we're getting green. conflicting data here. Either she's on the oh. air or she's not. Oh, I think I know who it's going to be. Uh, all right, somebody tech. Okay, so eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. All of a sudden, Cindy's getting text messages. Okay, Sandy, welcome to Real Presence R- R- Live. Well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. You're driving. Well, I'm not driving. I'm I'm the passenger. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> say say say, yeah. say hi to your husband. For me. I will. Clyde. I will. I will. <laughs> Hi, Clyde. Okay, so Sandy, what's your question? So, one of the Catholic churches that we attend while we're traveling has a statue of Mary outside of the entrance. And this statue, Mary is pregnant. And I've not seen a lot of art with Mary um, pregnant. And I'm just wondering if she has a specific title. Um, or if this is um, particularly important to the Hispanic community, because a lot of families from Mexico attend that church. And I was going to Google it, but I trust you more than the Google, so Aww. I didn't give you a chance to answer it. <laughs> Sandy, you're such a sweetheart. And make sure you guys drive safe on your way to your winter home. And think oh, of us with all the snow. Know. So. So yeah. actually, that's actually a good question, and I I, I kind of wish that we had more images of the Virgin Mary shown pregnant because it shows her human side. All too often, when we have statues and images, it gets a little sugary and saccharine. We have to realize that she was full human and she was truly pregnant. But you know, one thing you know you had mentioned uh, in regards to the Spanish population of that parish is that 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 actually says something because Our Lady Guadalupe, very famous image that you know comes right from Mary herself. That image of her is as a pregnant woman. She's not uh, visibly pregnant in regards to like a late pregnancy, but how she is dressed is was a, a garb back in the Aztec period of time that showed that the woman is pregnant. And so, if you read a little bit more about the Our Lady Guadalupe, she's portrayed as a pregnant woman. But I just so I don't know of any particular title or name for um, Mary uh, that would be um, a portrayed as a pregnant woman. But I think it's actually a very it's a very good portrayal, and I wish that we did that more often. I don't know if that makes any sense or answers your question. Oh, it does. It does. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for listening in as you drive across Kentucky. And I'm always nice to you, Sandy. So uh, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You're doing a great job. Thanks. Keep listening. God bless. See you later. All right. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. That was a good question. I do do like to see. uh, I wish we had more human images of of the saints and and uh you know i mean some of these images of saints that we have it's like i mean there's there's to me there's very little spiritual value to some of them okay so we have an anonymous caller on the line and they're from duluth it says so i know that much so dear anonymous what's your question my um my question has to do with the drag queens and i know a couple months ago 
you it was Halloween and you admonished your congregation to call the mayor or call city council members. I think the drag queen, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was at the zoo. Mm-hmm. Correct. Do you, re- do you recall yep. Oh, yeah, that? absolutely, absolutely. Sure. So, so sure what's your you question? Do. What's your question, then? Well, my question is, where do they come from, and why are they here? Now, I shouldn't say they. Maybe it is a they. But, I mean, I know they pop up in our, in our libraries, yeah. and um, I don't like them. I think there's something sinister behind them, and I just wondered what your understanding is of drag queens. Well, well, thank you. I mean, um, the mere fact that you saw what I had written, I'd written it in our bulletin, put it on Facebook, and I certainly talked about it in homilies, because the zoo is in my parish boundaries. And so uh, I had a spe- specific you know, charge to actually speak to this issue. So where do they come from? You know, I mean, I don't know. They don't come from, but I think the movement comes from a demonic side of things, because like, you, so you, you couldn't see the person that was acting as the quote-unquote drag queen talking to little children at the zoo during the biggest event of the year, if you Google that person's name, the most grotesque, horrific images and comments were made by that person on the internet. And so do we really want to have our children exposed to people that are doing that sort of stuff? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. A person Mm -hmm. like that would have been locked up not that long ago. But now we're having supposedly family-friendly venues actually supporting it. That didn't only happen at the zoo in Duluth. It happened at the in the library in Duluth. And so yes. we've got to stand up. We, we have to have people that are in like my position that aren't afraid to stand up for it because if we don't stand up for it, it's just going to become the norm. And then people are just going to yeah. say, well, this is just what we do. But it's not what we do. We do not expose our children to filth that is so abundantly obvious by one click on the Internet to see. And so... Uh, why these supposed family-friendly organizations are doing that, that are run by the city of Duluth. That's why I told people to even reach out to our city council and our mayor. It, it's nuts. It's got to stop. So thank you, Some Anonymous, for that did. question. What was that? Yes. Some of us did. We called Good. the mayor's office and we called city council members. Is this just an individual who just becomes a drag queen, or is there, did you say there's kind of a movement behind it? Oh, I'm it? sure Yeah, there's more of a movement. I don't know how organized it is, but you get, you, we're getting more and more people that, a little sick in the head that are getting a little courageous and stepping out because our society is adapt is accepting it more. That's basically what it is. Yeah, because so drag queens have been around a long yeah, time. Yeah, they've been around for a long time. We're just allowing the um, uh, the inmates to run the asylum more, unfortunately. So, yeah. But thank you very much for the question because I'm pretty heated about that topic too. You know, I am too. <laughs> I'm heated. Well, That's why I'm calling you <clears throat> because I'm heated and I know you are. So thank yeah. you for, thank you for well, sharing. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. I know. So um, uh, I don't know if this is on the on the phone or not, but Sam from Duluth is Sam there on the air or no? Okay, so I, I'm going to read the question. Sam from Duluth was raised a Catholic but fell away for a bit, but has recently come back to the church. How can I partake and learn more about the Catholic faith? Do you have some books to suggest or some other advice on how to deepen my understanding of the faith? Uh, Sam, that is an excellent question. There's tons of good books out there. There are a lot of good websites. Uh, um, Catholic Answers is a very good website. Uh, and again, um, Rediscovering Catholicism is a great book that came out not that long ago. I don't know what parish you belong to in Duluth, Sam, but uh, in uh, my parish of St. James, as well as our neighboring parish of St. Lawrence and Holy Family, we open our RCIA program up to anybody. And so if, even if you're already a, you know, a regular Catholic and you don't need to get confirmed or baptized, you can come to those. Those are on Tuesday evenings. And I'll tell you, I think that they're one of the best things going that we have 
in regards to teaching about our Catholic faith. And it's it's at Holy Family Parish at 6.30 every Tuesday evening. And uh, myself and Father Anthony Craig are the primary teachers of it. You can do that. You can come. You don't have to make an appointment. You just show up at Holy Family. But uh, check out Catholic Answers as a, as a website. And, uh, and I certainly teach a lot of classes at St. James as well. So you can just check our parish website as well. So thanks for that question, Sam. Then we have another one not on the phone. Scott from Duluth asks, if Minnesota is going to be an abortion hub in the U.S. and with legislation of marijuana, uh, and with the legislation of marijuana, as a family, should I be thinking of moving or should I stay and try to change things? Good question, Scott. So unfortunately, Minnesota is looking, because Minnesota is run, uh, both houses of our legislature as well as our governor, by the very pro-choice party. And they are doing everything they can. At, right, at this point, right now, in the state of Minnesota, there are no restrictions on abortion that I am aware of. None. Which means that you can have an abortion up to the moment of natural birth for any reason what you want, for what you want. And so it's actually, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, it's actually in the constitution of the state of Minnesota that this is a pro-choice state. And so as, uh, as what I always tell people is that don't flee. <laughs> we don't want fleers. We want people to stand up and fight and to teach your kids to stand up and fight. Because if uh, if good people don't fight against something like this, then it's gonna be hopeless. But we need the people that are gonna be strong, pro-life, strong as far as just basic values, to fight against all things that are crazy and corrupt in our world, to make sure that this does not become the norm all over the world. So I would never, as tempted as it is even for me, because you know I'm very engaged in the political realm of things, to say, well, I'd just love to go to North Dakota. It's so, such a good state. But uh, I am born here to fight here. And so uh, stay stay in Minnesota. Stay you have in to Duluth. be the light in the dark. We have to be the light in the dark, absolutely. Yeah, all right. So um, uh, good questions that are coming. I'm, I'm a bit pleasantly surprised. So let's keep those questions know, coming. So I see some that are uh, baking in the cake here. And so, uh, yeah, these are these are questions that are, I, you know, the things that, you know that the Catholic Church stands for what is right and what is true. But unfortunately, you know, we don't still always hear it from the, the, the pulpit. And, and so when, when I hit something uh, from the pulpit that is like strong in regards to what the church actually teaches and, and sanity in our crazy world, you know, I get a lot of people thanking me because, you know, they say, even we need to hear this. We need to hear it from our church leaders. And so even though I might be preaching to the choir of people that are listening to Real Presence Radio, you need to hear that there are church leaders in our area that are supporting this, the stuff that you support, the things that you value. So we have another question here from Becky calling from Sioux Falls. Uh, she said, uh, presented, uh, one, okay, question presented to her son. If there was no Bible, how could you prove the existence of Jesus and that he is real? Without the Bible and scriptures, how would you respond? That is a very good question. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's pretty easy, actually, Becky. So, if, even if you took the Bible away, um, there's, there's an author um, uh, of a book. His, his name was Yaroslav Pelikan. He wrote a book called Mary Through the Centuries, I think, and then Jesus Through the Centuries. And he made a point by saying that if you were to take every sheet of paper every physical thing, everything that was ever written in the history of Christianity for the last 2,000 years that had the name Jesus written on it or reference to it, it would, be, it would be an unmeasurable amount of things. And so if Jesus didn't exist, there's no way in the world that there'd be that much attention given to him, even without the Bible. So, I mean, you can't, you can't get away from the cultural influence that Jesus of Nazareth has had on the world in the last 2,000 years and say, well, that guy just didn't exist. 
because then it would be the biggest sham that was ever carried out in the history of the human race. And so the, the Bible obviously is our primary source, but it's far from our only source. The Bible, you know, as we have it today, wasn't around until 400 years after Christianity, right? I mean, it didn't come together as what we have it today uh, and for, uh, you know, right around the year 417 A.D. So we didn't have a Bible for the first four centuries, not a Christian one. But obviously, everybody knew who Jesus was. You know, they were following him. So, so I don't know if that, um, uh, Becky, if that uh, fulfills the, the question or not. But you have another question here. Why is it that priests do not discuss the subject of abortion with their congregations? Is it because it's such a political topic? It's okay. Number one, I can't answer as to why they don't. They should, and it's not a political topic. It's a human topic. I mean, so I remember, and I've brought this up on different occasions. I remember um, it was back in, whenever John Kerry was running against George Bush, whatever year that was, 2004, I think, uh, or 2000. And so anyhow, uh, they had the debate about pro-life, and it was on the debate. I remember the question. They were debating the issue of pro-life, and John Kerry, of course, big pro-choice person, and uh, President Bush is pro-life. And the, the, um, uh, the, the topic, I think it was John Kerry who said, this is not an issue about politics. This is an issue between a woman, her doctor, and even her faith leader. And so, you'll, you'll hear, so even the politicians say it's not even a matter of politics. But when a priest says it from the pulpit, then they say, oh, he's getting too political. He's getting too political. Well, everybody thinks of abortion as the hot potato. They don't want to touch it. We need to have leaders in our church touch it, not only touch it, but speak to it forcefully. And so you should have priests that speak to it and not be afraid to speak to it in a loving manner, not in a, not like in a, with a baseball bat to hit people over the head, but in a loving way to illustrate why is this an important issue? Why is it the most important issue? So it's not a political topic. It's very much a human topic. And so uh, does it delve into politics? Absolutely. But, and I say, to heck with, you know, people say, oh, how about your tax-exempt status? I say, flush it down the toilet. I don't care about the tax-exempt status. Way it's like, we, we, we should never be muzzled by the fear of no. loss of money, right? The truth is the truth. Yes. And so, I don't know if you can hear me. I got cut off. Yep. Are you yep. there, Rachel? Anyhow, oh, I I'm, think we got cut off from Rachel. Ooh, okay. I'm okay. going to keep talking. So I'm done. I'm done with that. So that's ho- the voice in our head. Hopefully, Becky, that uh, that a- that answers your question. But always encourage your priest to uh, to speak about the pro life issue. They do talk about villages like in Africa and different areas where they don't have. They've never been exposed to anything religious, but they know that God exists, and they right. know that. I mean, you got the Holy Spirit working. They're, well, we're we're creating God's image, and so it's like. Even, you know, I mean, you know, I watched this, we watched this movie, What is a Woman, by Matt Walsh. Mm-hmm. He went over to Africa and talked about, you know, the crazy things that are happening here. And they looked at him like, you're nothing, nuts. You're not, There's you're, no way. your world is nuts. I can't <laughs> believe what you are talking about, what you have to go through in your country. But, uh, yeah, we have a lot of crazy things. And um, and so, Becky, those were a couple of really good questions. Hopefully I answered them sufficiently on both sides. So, uh, so yeah. Anyhow, uh, a lot of great questions. I'm uh, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by these because often we are. I'm trying to get people to actually call in and ask questions. And you know and what's funny? They're really getting you going today. I, I am, love it. You're I, on fire. I know. So the thing is, the reason why I'm on fire is because I know the truth. And it's like, if I can articulate the truth, more people have to do that. And so I get ticked off that a lot of people aren't articulating the truth, don't even want to seek it. You know, I see that in my own family. It's it's so upsetting. And so 
So if God gave me the ability to articulate the truth of the church's teaching in a in a manner that is coherent, at least somewhat coherent, I'd say, uh, then oh, by heavens, I'm going to do it. And so, and I'm grateful for Real Presence Radio for giving me the the extra um, uh, venue to be able to do that. So, um, uh, so yeah, we've had some very good questions, and I see another one baking. We're getting towards the end of the um, uh, the call-in segment, but you can call again eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. See a question, but it's not green yet. Hopefully, it'll come on green shortly. Shout out to my friends who are having coffee and listening. Oh, well, Hello. good. Welcome, uh, listeners. Thanks All right, for so listening. we have Blake, who's an RPR staff member. Ooh. When a pope passes away, do they still tap him with a silver hammer to confirm that he has passed? Good question, Blake. So, from my understanding, so, okay, so let me back up. So, what Blake's referring to is that in the day, back in the day before we had modern medicine, Lots of times people were buried alive, I hate to say it. It was a kind, of, kind of a horrific thing. And so they came up with this tradition uh, of tapping. They have this silver hammer. It still really exists, a silver hammer that they would, the, the, what they call the paper, papal chamberlain, would tap the pope, who they assumed was dead, on the head three times. And each time they'd tap him on the head with that silver hammer, they would call out his baptismal name, not his papal name, his baptismal name, to see if he'd respond or not. And so Blake is referring to that tradition. And so from my understanding, Blake, the last time that that actually happened was in 1963 with the death of Pope John Twenty-Third. Often when um, uh, the events that surround immediately after the Pope's death, often that's not necessarily recorded, but we hear you know, word of mouth what has happened. And so from my understanding, the last time for sure it happened was in 1963 in John the 23rd. Has it happened since then? Possibly, but I haven't heard that. And, you know, even the question came up, well, when Benedict died just last week, <clears throat> or on the 31st of December, was that done? Probably not, because he was not the reigning pope. And so that tradition probably would not have been observed. But, you know, I mean, he was, we haven't had a funeral for a former pope since the year 1295. So we didn't have much of a tradition surrounding the, uh, the funeral of a retired pope or the death of a retired pope. But thanks for asking that question, Blake, because that's just my thing. I love papal history. <coughs> All right. All right. So um, uh, uh, there's a question here. But yep, I have go, a question. You have it? Go ahead <laughs> yes. and read it. I read that you are only supposed to do the sign of the cross twice during Mass. Once at the beginning and once at the end of Mass, not after communion. No, there's nothing wrong with doing it after communion, but there's nothing that says you have to. So it's like uh, some sort of act of devotion is fine. The thing that is man- mandated is not the right word. The thing, the, the thing that's really encouraged <clears throat> is the slight bow before you receive. That's what you should do. You don't have to make the sign of the cross. You certainly don't have to bow. You certainly don't have to genuflect after you've received. But it's the slight bowing before you receive. So there's nothing wrong with making the sign of the cross. It's just that there's nothing wrong with it. And it's not mandated by any way. So okay. 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. This is one of the better segments of, uh, of um, uh, live talk. Is that what the segment's called? My friends have a question. Straight talk. They have another question? They want to know what size the Pope's shoe is. Well, which Pope? Uh, pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Very small. Is he? He was a very small. It looked big in was, the picture. No, no, he's a very small. Benedict was, you know, the last couple, well, Francis was a little bit bigger guy. But so John Paul II and Benedict were both pretty short men. And so uh, I think that the question is, as a re- so, you know, I didn't even talk about my thing. Okay, so anyway, I was in Rome when the Pope died, just so that the listeners can hear that. It's like, I was already in Rome. When I got there, he wasn't sick. Or he's old, of course, but but 
so when I got there, I had no idea that this was happening. I was leading a small group tour, and I know we only have a few minutes, so maybe I can talk a little bit about this with our next guest or after he's done, is that I was able to be there when, uh, at the same time when Pope Benedict died. And, and, you know, I'm like the Pope priest. I love papal history, and so it's like it was like a divine providential thing that I was there at that time because it's an experience I will never, ever forget, to just to be in Rome when that happened and then to be able to go and view his body. You know, again, after I think our next guest might not be able to be on for the whole segment, we can talk a little bit more about that. And I was going to talk about that on the air anyhow, but you guys came up with such great questions, which got me even more excited. It was full. It was a full segment of yeah, questions. Yeah, so, and, and yeah, I think that we're coming towards the end of that. Cannot but, uh, complain about that. That just no. means you need to, you'll need you be pushed a little bit later. But you have so much. I feel like you need your own segment before for you what? get into... Oh, about the whole Pope Rome experiencing. It was a yeah. great experience. So let me just put this out there for listeners if you want to try it. So my parish is called St. James, St. James in Duluth. And um, I put some stuff on our Facebook page, including a video I took when I was able to go and pay my respects and pray at the body of Pope Benedict. And so you can see some great photos taken by yours truly and uh, in a video of uh, just the experience of it. And so the line of people that were going there. Uh, but again, you know, I mean, if our next guest is not a full half hour, uh, I will speak more to it. But I'll just say that it's, I've been to Rome many times. This is one of the most memorable trips I've ever had because who would have ever thunk it? And so it was just great to be able to be there at that time. And, and uh, uh, God bless Pope Benedict. What a great Pope. You know, I mean, I've actually, in a crazy way, Cindy, I've grown to have more respect for I've always had great respect for him. But just being there, it made me feel more of a connection to him you know, when, when he died. And so it was just, I don't know, I just have a greater love and I'm going to start reading. I've read so much of his stuff, but I feel like I want to start reading his stuff again. I know, I was a little jealous I wasn't there with you. <laughs> well, uh, Cindy, for those that are listening, she was on a mom's group to Rome two months before and I was one encouraging you guys to go at Christmas time yes. because that's like my favorite time of the year to go. If you guys would have gone at Christmas time and did what I recommended, you would have been there for that I event. I know, but I love warm weather. I love warm weather. It's, it's warm. I love the time. Do you realize that when I was in Rome, it never got, I mean, it was like in the 60s every day. It wasn't hot, but it certainly wasn't Duluth. No, but I would have had to wear layers well, a little bit. True. Little bit. But you can't yeah, go into church. You can't it. go into churches anyhow. I, I actually without. wanted both. I wanted to be there in October, and I wanted to be there. Well, well, your next, <laughs> your next, your next trip can be during <laughs> Christmas time. That's so anyhow, right. this has been a great segment of Straight Talk. I'm very appreciative of the questions of the Collins. I love those questions that um, uh, a lot of people aren't asking. You know, the questions that are stating the emperor has no clothes, the craziness in our world, and uh, to be able to actually point that out and articulate it is super important. So um, uh, this has been a good segment, and you know I think one of these times, Cindy, we're going to have a segment for you to ask, have you answer questions. Oh no! No, I know. I'm just kidding. Well, I can that answer mom questions. You you could. Yeah, for in a okay. jam, for in a right. jam, I'm good on right. mom questions. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe someday. So after this very quick break, we are going to have a conversation. Speaking of Pope Benedict, about his theology of covenant with Kevin O'Neill. Right after this brief break. <laughs> 